Welcome back to Operator Syndrome. I'm here with Steve. Uh, we're here to talk about creepy stories um, from special operations. I guess in general, we'll focus on things we pers that personally happened to us or things um, that we, we may have heard through friends or through, you know, sort of the, the tales that get told, passed down in the unit from, from one to another. Um, I guess, I guess the genesis for this is, this is more like a Halloween, this probably should have been yeah. like the Halloween topic, but didn't. <laughs> I was thinking that. Should have been the Halloween topic, but you know, nowadays, well, we're recording in very late 2023, UFOs, ghosts, all that kind of stuff are big in the news. So let's hop on the bandwagon, shall yeah. we? Uh, we'd be remiss not to mention, um, we're counting down the episodes here. Um, we've mentioned it before. Uh, we started this 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 podcast this experience not quite knowing what we were going to do with it or how far we were going to take it um we decided hey 100 episodes sounds like a good place to take a tactical pause and uh you know review what what we've done up in that point and decide how we want to proceed going forward so that's what we're going to do i think this episode is going to end up being number 97 number 97 or 96 so we're getting close there so we'll mention that um We'll 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 talk more about what what the future looks like as we count down the episodes. But just a reminder, so that's what we're heading to. I want to thank you for 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 listening and and commenting and all that great stuff. So, um, I guess we'll just get into it. There's real no format to this. I thought I thought it'd just be interesting to say, hey, you ever seen any weird things? You ever heard any weird stories? It could be ghosts, it could be aliens, goblins, it could be, you know, a roommate who doesn't shower. It could be any of those things, right? Uh, you mentioned right. to me that you had, um, you might have had like a couple creepy stories sort of in your back pocket. What do you got? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my two most creepy. And I, I guess there have been, I mean, throw in nights we were in the water in the pitch black with great whites swimming by. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that that's right up there. Like I always say, you know, I'm not so much scared. I if I could shoot it or kick its ass, I'm not scared of it. But beyond that, I get a little bit weirded out. I guess we all do, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple, but the first one, and I'll throw it back to you. Uh, we were out. You know, I, I think I've mentioned that we had a desert training facility in a place called Nyland, California. Mm -hmm. It's still there. I, I went there a few years just to visit, just to swing by, to check it out. <clears throat> and um, gosh, it's it's okay. Like the whole place is weird. It, it's I'm not saying the base area where we train is weird, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Like mm -hmm. it, for you know that's that was by plan. We're we're out, and it's part of a big naval gunnery range that goes out into the Chocolate Mountains. That are called not I guess the closest big city would be Yuma, Arizona. Okay, and they had I think there's an Air Force base there, or maybe even a Navy base. But there's a lot of planes going in and out of there. But the area where we were near the closest little town is called Nyland, N I L A N D, and it is. It's like a place time forgot. In fact, I have seen articles in like National Geographic about this, this one area near Nyland. Okay. So Nyland is this weird little town, like mostly a lot of tweakers, a lot of meth heads, um, desert 
people people that older people who've gone out there to just retire and live lean um in campers but also in this little ramshackle town there were like two bars i think in the whole well back then and one the one we always went to is called the silver dollar and it's just a seedy dive a little uh honky tonk um they had they had uh shuffleboard tables and and but we just went there to drink and blow off steam most of the time on the weekends but occasionally during the weekday uh and it was it was not far from the the training camp i mean i want to say 10 15 minutes away i can't it's been so long but uh and it's it's down by this place called the salton sea Mm. and the salton sea is this big salt water body it's kind of like the dead sea in israel it just everything ends in this this basin and it it, it's become very um i don't know uh well well, the water the fresh water is going away it's a big problem in california but anyway um there's it it, that's the nearest body it's huge it's really a big they call it a sea for for a reason uh bigger than a lake most lakes um okay so one night we were we were all out and hit now the details are a little fuzzy because we'd had a few, we'd have a few drinks. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, we were on the range a lot that day previous. I remember that we were on the range and you just get frazzled and you just want to unwind. Sure. And I think I'm pretty sure it was a, like a Friday and we weren't training the next day. So we were, we were, a lot of us were there and it was pretty late. Um, so there were three of us, uh, Three of us were riding back together. There, there was more than three of us, but the three of us were were in one vehicle. Mm-hmm. It was my vehicle, actually. I was driving back to the base, and we get to the where where you get into the base, and um, there was a sheriff, uh, sheriff, a local sheriff car there. Uh, he was trying to get in the base, but you know there was no we we had codes to get in so um there was no we didn't have there weren't anybody manning the gate it was just, it was an automatic like you enter a code and you get in mm, okay. and um so we stopped and and he said are you guys you guys navy seals because everybody knew that's where we train we were like yeah what's up and he goes well, i really need your help uh we're kind of, i mean we're, we're not in the best shape like <laughs> we're we're kind of we're a little we're, we're feeling we're, we're feeling no pain uh but we're i mean you know somewhat coherent and he's like yeah i i uh we we've had a big uh explosion and um i i need somebody i, I don't know what to do but i know you guys know about explosives and all this and we we heard explosives and we're like mm, right we know what they can do but he didn't know what he he was just reaching out he was just out in the middle of nowhere just not much right no no resources <clears throat> and so there's a little place well it's not little but there's this camp called um it's not even a camp it's like a place where squatters go to like live in rvs and and campers and some of them make little ramshackle houses and all this called slab city i've heard of that yeah, it's articles have been done on this. And there's one guy, this one like hermit dude makes this whole made this whole mountain called Salvation Mountain where he's putting all these Bible verses and come I to think Jesus. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. 
it's wild. And the slabs, the reason they call it slab city is because, and I don't know if this is urban legend or what, but it makes as much sense as anything that during world, but before world war two, vamping up to world war two, general Patton took his armor divisions out there to practice because they were going to have to fight in North Africa in, in desert areas. And, um, so they, they they poured all these slabs for like Quonset huts and you know to put people up, and now the slabs are still there. There's nothing else. All the, it's all gone, and so people just pull their RVs onto these slabs and and like it's like homesteading. Like mm-hmm. they don't pay anything. They just live out there and eke out an existence. Mm-hmm. And I went back with my friend Bob. We were camping out in the desert. We just went around and we're just camping all over uh, Nevada. California, that area. And um, we went back and it's it's as big as ever. Uh it bigger than I even remembered it back in the day. So there's all these people, some of them are survivalists, some of them are like off the grid people, some of them mm-hmm. are like like I say, some handful of meth heads. It, it was just a really eclectic mix. It was like something you'd read in a Stephen King novel. I mean, like this place was just weird and eerie and just so different from from anything that I'd ever seen. So the the sheriff, so we get, so when we get to the gate, the sheriff is like, can you please follow me and and just tell me what, you know, what, what's your advice and all this. And we're like, we're still like, what are you talking about? An explosion or, but we're like, yeah, yes, sir. Sure. Well, you know, whatever you need. So he, he leaves the way he drives and I follow my car and we get up and there's, there's police tape up around this camper it was like there was a camper and then there was like this makeshift shed off of the camper and um i actually wrote a story about this at a creative writing class because it's so bizarre Uh, so what had happened was this guy and you could tell by looking at the place before we got too close to it and there was a bunch of people just circled around beyond the the police tape everybody's curious uh so this guy was some survivalist he was some i don't know whatever he had ammo cans just all kinds of stuff that were just like huh what had happened was he had gone he had climbed the the fence that says danger government facility don't enter uh unexplored ordnance you know stuff that had dropped from planes that this is all part of that chocolate mountain naval gunnery range mm-hmm. well he and his genius decides to climb the fence and go over there and poke around. Apparently, he had found, well, I don't, we don't know what it was because it, it, it blew up. Mm. But we think it was either like a mortar or a shell of some sort that was he found. And the best they could piece together, and some neighbors talked about this. They got a corroborating stories from people who knew the guy. He put the sucker in a vice. He brings it back to his trailer, puts it in like a vice, and is 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 sawing with a with a hacksaw because he wants to like take it apart and study it or something. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. So he he it it went off and it blew him to smithereens. And I remember just seeing like a boot with a hat a leg in it over here like blood on the side of his trailer it was like so it was like abstract art i'm like 
I, I titled the piece chunks. I started, I started out, I started out the piece by saying, I sometimes dream of the chunks of a man I would never know. That's wild. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was super creepy because we were like the moment, like our hearts were pounding. Cause we were like, this was, as we got closer to the scene, we were like, dude. And the sheriff was filling us in of, as to actually what happened up beyond the explosion, which we knew had happened. And we were just like, all of a sudden our hair stood up we're like because he wanted us to go tooling around in this place yeah and we were like hold on get people way back from this whole scene and we're getting out of here and you you got to call like explosive experts in here because who knows what he could have booby i mean if he's doing this if he's cutting on a some some unexploded ordinance what else has he got around here yeah that was the moment i was like uh-uh. We, I know enough about explosives to know A, I, I ain't EOD. Yeah. And I, 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 we're out of here. And, um, but we told him, and I mean, I did, I do think we helped him because he didn't even think of all this. We're, we're like, we do know enough about explosives. You don't, you don't want to go poking around in a place where you don't have any idea what this guy's up to. So he was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. And then they, they moved people back a couple football fields away from this thing and secured it a perimeter until they could get, I don't know if they got military people in there. We told them about military explosive ordinance disposal, but I know police departments usually like San Diego or somewhere mm-hmm. would have capable people. And we, I, after that, I don't know what happened. We went back to the base. We were like, <laughs> shit, man, that was bizarre. Yeah. That was intense. Yeah, talking to all the other guys and pop another beer <laughs> to <laughs> de-escalate a little more. But I don't know that pour, that one pour was one out for uh, pour one out for chunks. Yeah, chunks. <laughs> yeah, that was creepy. But that is creepy, and just like you said, you know, real life can be um, creepier than you know worrying about something you, else. You know? Well, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because like. We think of monsters, and that's cool. I mean, I like a good monster story or something. Of course. But it's like human beings are the monsters, or can be. They're they're we are the ones with our with our brain capacity slash lack of brain capacity that, mm-hmm. that enables us to do some pretty horrendous stuff. Like we don't really have to. I mean, you know, it's fun to make up monster stories, but like the monsters are. I've always said that I the, think that yeah, the monsters are within you. Or within us, yeah. I mean, it's like the, the the shows that really scare me are not like you know, chop them up, you know, slasher films and stuff like that. Although I've enjoyed my fair share of those, mm-hmm. they don't scare me. What scares me is when people do crazy stuff, like, uh, like No Country for Old Men, or Mm-hmm. And there's a movie called The Wicker Man. Um, the, the 73 version was way better than the Nicolas Cage version, where like this dude was led down a path intentionally. And there's another one called Midsummer, which is oh, I saw that one. Oh yeah, like cults, like... cults. Yeah, but it's stuff that people really do. I mean, people are really capable of this. Um, whereas I don't so much believe in the Boogeyman. You know, I mean, like maybe, maybe not. How are you ever gonna go go there? But uh <laughs> but uh, but people are scary enough. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. Um 
yeah and that would be that would be a wild situation to confront it's also like very interesting because it's like of the times this would have been like early 90s this is 89 89 i think yeah but it's it's it seems like people know too much nowadays you know after like 20 years of war like people probably know well especially like law enforcement you mm-hmm, know yeah. after all the attention and the funding like that count whatever county that's in they probably got like you know yeah. their own eod tech maybe you know right right yeah, but in those now. days in those days that sheriff was like well, i don't know what to do let me yeah. ask the navy seals yeah well surely they'll know what to do yeah They're like yeah get the hell out of here <laughs> that's what you do <sighs> it was it, we got it was one of those weird things it was just tragic and these poor guys what in the world but we're also kind of laughing at it. it's like that macabre you know when you go through stuff that's hairy or kind of gnarly you you got to joke about it because, i don't know yeah just, i laughed you when you yeah. told the story yeah, I, I laughed uh, not because right. not because i'm sick or demented well right. i know you know nobody <laughs> listening believe that they're like this guy's fucked no, <laughs> I, I laugh because it's so messed up like what else are you gonna do there comes a, there comes a point where it's like you know yeah what are you gonna do that's, that's gonna horrific do? it's not it's not funny haha funny but it is exactly like you said it's just and then just the image of the guy hacking away at you know like an art you know like an un, like a bomblet you know like a cluster bomblet or something it's like yeah Ew. a piece of ordinance I, I mean i've done some stupid things in my life like i am guilty as charged but that's taking it to a whole nother <laughs> you know it, it's not exploded i mean those things have those sensitive crystal trigger things in them and i mean i know enough about explosives to know i don't want any part of that but I always say I, I was always freaked out having grenades on my kit. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was always uh, I, <laughs> I did I did like a very basic assault breacher course like that basically huh. everybody has to do. Yeah. Um, so you know I cut charges. I've done that. I put charges on door blowing them. All that stuff, obviously. But yeah. Um. But that wasn't like my main thing. I know I was right. never really like a breaching guy. Yeah. From that perspective, explosive breaching. But you know, have a couple grenades on my kit not really my choice i mean i knew i kind of <laughs> yeah. needed to have them you yeah. know I, I don't if i had chosen not to carry them i don't think anyone would have had a problem with that but i was just like nah if i need one yeah. then i really need one so i should have these on my kit but i was just never comfortable yeah oh i know make you nervous well yeah it's a healthy fear it's uh <laughs> yeah. you know fear is a good thing it it it, it, it needs to be managed but it uh keeps you keeps you on your toes yeah my my uh my uh safety my safety stuff always had like one extra like half turn you <laughs> yeah. know like than yeah. than everybody else okay <laughs> no that's a good one i'm interested in hearing your second one mine is gonna be more of a traditional sort of creepy sort of story i can't i can never remember if i've told a story on here. so if i have luckily there are only about 20 people that listen so maybe they didn't pick up on that one but uh so my story is training cycle two, training cycle as well, doing a workup to a deployment. And we were doing the training event was it's where it's, we, we would call it task force training. So it's kind of where you integrate, you integrate with your enablers. So we had an EOD guy with us and you got your dogs and you've got your, 
your TST, Psyop. You got everybody's all together that's going to deploy. And you actually do like like the full profile mission, mission set. Yeah. So, you know, the in the rest of the workup for us or the training cycle, you're doing like individual pieces, but this is like kind of like the last big piece before you clean up your gear and go out on block leave and get ready to deploy. So you're doing the full mission profile. So we were in in Indiana. We we're at this place called Muscatatuck Urban Training Center. And it's somewhere in the vicinity of Indianapolis, I believe, somewhere in there. Mm. It's in Indiana. So, and the facility, it's an army, or it was, I don't know what it's like now in 2023, but the facility is, is basically an old mental hospital, like, is what it is. So, nice. like, it's like mental hospital, sanatorium. It's like the classic tale. Like, it's, it's a build, <laughs> it's an old ass building that had many lives. You know, at and it it was very old. And at one point, it was you know health related, sick people, dying people. At one point, it was a mental facility, I believe. Um, and then in in the in this must have been like 2009 or whatever at the time that we were there using it. It was an urban training center, so it had like right. a main administrative building. It it was basically the layout was not too dissimilar from like if you imagine a small liberal arts college yeah so it's got some sizable administrative buildings and then some smaller out you know buildings and and mechanical areas and some houses there were some like individual houses and so and what they turned it into was just like it was just like okay you go and raid that thing that's what we were there doing and so um i I didn't get any backstory about the facility at all. I don't think any of us had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get there and I see it's like I see it's like a pretty big facility. Um, we're doing a, basically a platoon size hit on it. Um, plus the enablers were at like, let's say, 40, 50 ish people, you know, pretty plus up. But I, I remember being like, wow, this is a big thing to take down. Yeah. and <laughs> for, for that for size a, yeah you know i was like for this size like when we go overseas if, we, if we're if we're willing to take this down as a you know as a platoon size strike force like then what we're doing overseas is like we're 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 like really overwhelming the enemy there but yeah. um because the main administrative building was man I, a few floors yeah uh at, i would say at least four floors and probably right. had some sub floors at least one basement never went down there so i didn't know anything about the story of this place so we we hit some of the buildings on the outer rim of the area and they're basically replicating like there's a follow-on and there's a follow-on and so yeah. um and we do that the normal way we isolate a team goes in i'm on isolation that whole time and then we get to the point two or you know one or two follow-ons later and they're like okay we need to go inside the main building right you know we heard that this person or this thing is on xyz floor and so we breach and we enter the main administrative building and like instantly i was creeped out Hmm. it's dark there there are no lights or limited lights we're under nods we're doing what we're doing we're doing what we do we're kitted up full kit we're running i can't remember if it's if it was simulations or blanks i think it might have been blanks um 
don't remember any like face protection, but um, but we got real bangers, you know, yeah. we got all our tools, all that stuff's real. So um, so we breach the main administrative building and we're clearing through the floors. We clear through the floor, we breach, and then we're going up. Guys like are locking down, um, locking down like the staircases, and it's like a legit old building. And I was like instantly creeped out when we were in there. Um, it's very old. There's a bunch of garbage and shit there. Um, huh. And um, it turned we, we we only end up going a couple floors. We don't clear all the way top to bottom. It's like we right. breached in, we secured the floor, we breached in, then we went up one to where the wherever the thing was, and we cleared that. And at the end of that, there's like this big hallway, and it erupted into like this big simulated battle basically it was pretty it was kind of stupid like when it it was like a big hall and and um the op four was on the opposite end they had like hostages i guess or something like that and they were like shooting it so we're shooting across this hallway at each other simulated you know like so we're breaching and we're on one end and they're shooting at us and then i lead a team i lead a team that's like basically flanking down a hallway on the on the side of this hall while they're shooting at each other this way it was a very weird it was a very weird setup in a very weird building and anyways i just i end up like throwing flashbangs directly at these people and then we go (laughs) so we take the build we take the building down great we won go america and that's when it really got creepy and it's i didn't see anything i didn't hear anything but i was suddenly aware of how uncomfortable I was being inside the building. Really? And what what made it really uncomfortable while I was memorable is because I'm there with my platoon. It's not like I'm a YouTuber. Right. Like with two guys and we're in a haunted house. Right. It's like we're kitted up. We've we've only got blanks, but I've got my rifle. You know, I've got my my comfort items with me, right? Yeah. Got, like my <laughs> I got my rifle, got my pistol, I got a dude with a machine gun <clears throat> next to me. All the things that would cause plate carriers helmets nods everything radios everything that makes me feel comfortable overseas i was just like really uncomfortable inside that building surrounded by my bros with all our kit and everything and i was just like i don't want to be in here and and you look at the and then i look at the other guys and guys are looking at me like dude i don't like it in here really yes like so it was palpable it, 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 a, yes it was it was yeah. something in it was something in the air like like um yeah i don't like being in here you know and it's like uh-huh. it wasn't something you said it's like you looked at a guy and then <laughs> you kind of communicate with your eyes like hmm i don't like this place <laughs> that's wild. and so and so we got out but like and that's it that's that's sort of the extent of the story and then come to find out i do research later i'm like oh this place was a you know it was it's been around forever and it was at one time it was this and there are definitely dead people in there and like at one point it was this and wow. so then i got you know even more creeped out um, yeah. but the op four the funny thing is the whole time we're doing our raid the op four was in that building and there were only like a handful of them but they were in that they were on the floor in that building by themselves in the dark waiting for us to like hit the target so it'd be way worse off to be them yeah but, but that I, just... go ahead no, did you get to talk to any of those people? I probably no, not. because we we because it was like the last thing we've been doing it for a couple hours at that point, and we just and we and it was about it was a couple it was like an hour or two drive from where we were actually staying. Uh, you know what? I think we're at not. I think we're at Fort Knox, 
and we drove from Fort Knox to this okay. place. Let's yeah, that wouldn't be it was terrible. like yeah, so it was like let's wrap up, hot wash, and let's get the hell out of here type thing. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah. Well, what did did you have? Do you remember the conversations you had with other guys that were creeped out? Because you know you're going to be on buses going, man, that was fucking weird. Like what? I think that was really like the extent of it. It was just like that place was creepy, wasn't it? <laughs> and then well, it's like, yeah. And then you know we're just, and then we get out of there and get on the bus. And then you do what everyone does when you get on a vehicle; everyone falls asleep, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's like you're hot, sweaty. You take your kid off. You sit down. Oh, you're you're like goofing around for a little bit, and then next thing you know, everyone's passed out. Yeah. But um, no, that was basically the ex- that was basically the thing. We we're like, oh. That was really weird. It was really Just weird. An intangible feeling you couldn't put your finger on. It wasn't a smell. It wasn't a, you didn't hear anything, but it was just like, this is weird. Yeah. Do you think, do you think it could be like getting, just being in an old creepy building that looks institutional, that looks like, mm, you know, there's creepy buildings out there. Uh, I don't know. Could be, I mean, I, maybe except you know there wasn't you know it's not like it's not like i don't they hadn't done it up you know it wasn't like they were like skeletons sitting in like chairs yeah, right. and stuff like you know like more more yeah. obvious things just the fact that it was an old building isn't you know because well you, you know you were in the navy but in the army like every army building is crazy. Yeah. it's just like yeah. crazy old and dilapidated right. so like that it wasn't that strange it yeah. was for me it was really the escalation of like i feel uncomfortable in here that's odd for me to be so yeah. aware that i'm uncomfortable in this building and then you make eye contact with someone and then yeah. you can tell oh you feel the same thing i feel <laughs> yeah. like that was the weird piece yeah totally man oh good old sanatorium good old muscatata i'm gonna have to look it up again yeah um, they probably turned it into a haunted house you know they, they they have some place in louisville near where i live uh waverly hills yeah that's it yeah that that thing it was basically it was basically like waverly imagine waverly hills but yeah, yeah. you 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 know you do a raid on it that's what, yeah. that's, what it that's what it was go figure um as the as the clock's ticking down you had another story what do you got yeah i'm we're we're coming down to time, but I can wind this one up. It, it okay. The so this was in the Gulf War. Um, we, we uh, well, I think mo- well, many people know the story of what happened. The liberation happened very quickly. This, I mean, it, seriously, like we did the the an operation that kicked off the ground war. Like literally, they were waiting for our explosives to go off, and then the vent the ground invasion happened um and so it, it happened so fast it's like four days later it was liberated and it was over we had we had liberated kuwait and which is fast in modern terms for a whole country and you know you're you're fighting a formidable sized military i mean the iraqi army back then under hussein it was it was more of a conventional type of army but um what ha- so Hussein? Well, I'm not him personally, but he, his people. He ordered the the lighting of oil wells, light them on fire, like burn their oil, 
Um, and there were there were hundreds of these of these things burning. I was part of that. I just filed under the PACT Act that airborne mm-hmm. particulate matter is part of this whole thing. Where who knows? It was not good to breathe that stuff. It's not just crude oil. It's sour crude. It hadn't been refined. It's really nasty stuff. But uh, and that what that that created <clears throat> the most eerie thing I've ever seen. Like at 12 o'clock high noon, it was pitch black. I've got actually photos of this. I didn't think to grab one to hold up, but a couple of guys in my platoon, we snapped some shots of this. This is back before cell phone cameras. This is like old school cameras. And you could, you could, it was like midnight, mm-hmm. you know, but you could look all way off in the distance and see light, like on the horizon where the clouds ended, the, I couldn't believe anything this thick, you know, the clouds would be this thick, you know, but it's just eerie to be in the middle of the day and, you know, knowing what time it is and then feeling like it was nighttime out. And then coupled with that, he had also uh, unleashed oil into the Persian Gulf, which created this oil well slick. that was like, man, it was over a mile wide. I mean, it was worse than the Exxon Valdez spill mm. back, back when that happened. I mean, terrible, terrible uh impact on the environment i mean horrible i mean killed a bunch of wildlife and all that but uh so we were coming in we were coming into a beach and i this is after all of that this is after the liberation i'm pretty sure right right connected with it like we're talking like at the very end and we were just doing some mop-up stuff really coming in to check to see if there were forces and still entrenched that hadn't surrendered or whatever. And we were coming in on boats and the water, it it was like, it it was like about a half a foot thick of this crude oil. Mm. If you've ever, uh, like I cut myself real bad one night climbing up on a ship to get a sniper angle on a target. And I was trying to, I was de-rigging something and I, accidentally sliced myself pretty good i mean it was i carried on with the mission but it it there was some blood and it was like at night in in like the whatever ambient lights around at night it looks just black like oil it it feels like oil because it's slippery you know blood slippery and um i'm like oh it looks like oil all over me but it was my blood um but so this oil would it would splash up and get on you and it it reminded me of like the night i cut myself real bad because it was it would just look just the same this this oily black and um with with and it, this was in the daytime but it looked like night because of the oil well fires and one of these one of the guys in the platoon who was like he knew a lot about the bible or he read the bible a lot and he goes he looked at me because I was a Christian. He knew I was a Christian and, you know, of, of faith, you know, and he said, man, have you ever, have you ever heard about the part of the book of, of revelation where it says the nights turn to black or the, the, the sky is turned to black and the sea is turned into blood. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> he goes, is this it, man? is this Armageddon? Is this like where it all ends? And, um, I just was like, shit, I have no idea, but 
I don't think there's a whole lot we can do if, if that's the case. You know, I don't know what to do. Right. But uh, one of those things where it was just like it, it, it was just like it kind of mounted on you the creepiness of the whole situation because it's like, yeah, it does kind of look like a scene out of the Book of Revelation, like blood, it, the ocean turned to blood, and the the night, the skies, like all the the, the luminaries falling out of the sky and complete blackness. But that was another one where my hair kind of stood up on the back of my neck and i was like this is really super creepy <laughs> yeah I, I can't imagine i mean um yeah i mean that's a completely foreign yeah you know that that's not something a lot of folks encountered before that right like oil oil no. oil burning induced you know <laughs> i just and it and really didn't bizarre. it and didn't it create like and didn't it, and we're running out of time but didn't it create like sort of like its own sort of weather like like it would rain yeah. wouldn't it rain oil as well yeah yeah it had all kinds of weird environmental impacts yeah. i don't even remember all of it we we got back we went south and i think the winds were blowing kind of eastward mm. and we we went south straight south and we got out from under that but that mm. one that, that it was probably three or four hours we spent in that condition it was just so weird that's gotta but be I, even weirder the fact that you can get out from under it it's yeah like, that's gotta yeah. make it weirder yeah it's just crazy like it gets brighter and brighter as you're going toward where the cloud that that huge cloud ends mm -hmm. it's like damn it's daylight over there but what in the hell i i had no idea that 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 um, the smoke could be that thick and actually block, you know, block out the sun to where it looked like midnight. But there it was you go. Creepy. creepy enough. Creepy story. It counts. Number three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate you sharing those. Um, okay. Well, uh, we'll end it here. Uh, thank you for listening to our creepy stories. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye. Later.